Welcome to the Sunset Community Church podcast. You're listening to sermon audio from our Sunday morning services. For more information about Sunset Community Church, visit us online at sunsetcommunity.church. All right, good morning. Uh, the passages that we're going to be reading this morning is 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. So if you don't have a Bible on your phone or with you today, there's one in front of you in the pew. And definitely, as always, take that if you need it. It's a gift for you. All right. 1 Corinthians 9, or ch- chapter 9, verses 24 through 27 says, do, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So if you know me, uh, you know I am a big sports fan. And uh, it, it is really hard for me as a pastor not to use sports analogies for every illustration. Um, but as we just heard Jude read, um, it's actually biblical. Um, in fact, the Apostle Paul, who wrote the passage that Jude just read, um, uses the illustration of sports quite a bit in his writings, mostly um, having to do with the sport of running. And part of this is in the ancient world, there really weren't any team sports. Uh, Most sports in the ancient world, especially in the the time that the Bible was written, were individual sports. Um, In fact, most of us are are aware the Olympic Games uh, originated in Greece during the time that the Bible was written. And most of those sports were um, running, like sprint races, Boxing, yeah, they had boxing way back then. Um, Javelin, discus, like those types of sports. And so when uh, Paul uh, gives these illustrations, it was very applicable to the current current day. And so people could imagine uh, the games that would happen there in their culture, just like we can today. Whenever I think of running, uh, I think of another Paul, uh, one that's uh, actually related to me. Uh, My great-uncle Paul was an, was an avid runner, and um, when my aunt, great-aunt Elaine uh, was about to retire, he came to her one day, and he says, I've got an idea. Now that you're retired, he was already retired. He was about 73 at the time. He said, let's go on a cross-country trip. And she said, that sounds like a great idea. But the type of cross-country trip my Uncle Paul had in mind was a little bit different. His idea of a cross-country trip was to run from the Bay Area, San Francisco, to Florida. (laughs) Run. And so they did. Well, he did. (laughs) In 1990, my great-uncle Paul embarked on a journey to run across the United States. And my um, great-aunt Elaine would... Basically, at the start of every day when he'd start his run, she would meet him about 26 miles down the road in their little RV. And when he would arrive, they would camp for the night, and then he would get up and start again the next day. He did this, I had to write this down to remember, um, for four months. 
26 miles a day, 3,192 miles. He actually wrote a book, I have it in my house, called 10 Million Steps, where he chronicles his journey. Now, I don't know about you. Has anybody here ever run a marathon? One person. Statistically, that makes sense. (laughs) I'm actually surprised anybody has. Now, imagine doing that every day for four months. Every day. And not only that, but my great-uncle Paul was 73 years old. 73 years old. Uh, Eventually, by the time of 83, my Uncle Paul had run through every one of the United States. That was kind of his, his life goal. And at the age of 87, his heart decided it was just done. It was his heart stopped beating. Not because he was in bad shape, but I think he had used it up. <laughs> Your heart only has so many beats. You know, when I think about life, I think about the, the illustration of running, none of us really know when our race will finish, do we? Only God knows how many beats we have left in our heart, how many days we have left on this earth. But while we may not know the duration, one thing we do know, we see it from Scripture, is that God has mapped out a race for each of us. And unlike our idea of a marathon runner, we aren't running that race alone. So that's the the idea that we're going to look at today, really kind of leaping off of the passage just, you just read. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 12. We're just going to look at the first few verses there. Hebrews chapter 12. It's towards the back of the New Testament. If you're searching in the Pew Bible, it would be page 1041. And my title slide says verses 1 through 2, but we're actually going to look at verses 1 through 3 together. And you're going to notice a similar illustration as Paul used in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And so, Lord, this morning we ask that this illustration of running a race, that you would show us what it means for us, that you have a plan for us, that you've got a a journey mapped out for us, that you have a a certain amount of, you've placed a certain amount of beats in our heart. Show us what it means to follow you, Lord, to live for you, to run in a way where at the end you might say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. Would you speak to us today from your word? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Yesterday I was part of officiating a service for Brian Williams who passed away Suddenly, just a month ago, and one of the things that funerals, memorial services often do for me, I'm sure they do for you as well, is they make me think about what's at the end of my race. What's at the end? What will people say about me? What will they remember? What will I be known for? What will I have left behind, not tangibly, but relationally, for the people 
in my life. I've had the opportunity to officiate quite a few services over the years as a pastor. Some of them were hardly anybody showed up. Some like yesterday where the auditorium was packed. What's at the end of your race? One of the things that sticks out to me in this passage that we just read is that even though the author of Hebrews uses an illustration of running, like a solo sport, it's still framed by community. If you have your Bible still open, you see this. It says, we, let us throw off, let us run, fix our eyes on. And so as we unpack this passage together today, I want you to keep community in mind because as Americans, we're individualistic. We think about me, my, but Scripture really has the community in mind. So even in the midst of this illustration, there's an us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Whenever you see a passage like this and it starts off with therefore, you ask the question somebody once said, what is the therefore, therefore? And that means there was something said before this, right? And if you're familiar with the, the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11 gives this list of kind of, of the heroes of the faith, some people would call it, of people that put their faith in God and they had lived a certain way in light of God that they had run the race. The plan that God had marked out for them. Some of those people listed in Hebrews had no idea what God had in mind. Parting a sea? <laughs> what? And these heroes of the faith, these people that went before, they ran their race well. And so when we see we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's what this is referencing. Therefore, remember, in light of who these people were, Essentially, our family members, right, before us in the faith. And, you know, when I used to read this passage, I used to, to kind of think of it as they were sitting up on the clouds, you know, cheering me on. Let's go, Andrew. Ah, you can do it. Therefore, right, we have this, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. But I, I don't think that's quite the idea here, even though cloud kind of, gives us that, that idea. But really, the idea here is that there, was, there is many, many people that have run before us, that have been witnesses, they've testified the way they lived to the greatness of God, to who he is, that he's trustworthy, and that just like they followed God and God blessed them, we too can look to them as a reminder of that, as an example and an encouragement. They ran before us. And we need to know that. We need to know that others have lived this Christian life as well. We need to know that others have struggled in this Christian life. If you look at that list of heroes, they're, they're held up as examples of people that had faith. But if you know the stories of them, they had issues too. A lot of issues. There was times when they doubted. There was times when they sinned in the midst of their following God. And we need to be reminded of that too, because if we only hold up these examples thinking they were perfect, well then, how are we able to follow in their footsteps? 
And that's not the idea here. So knowing that others have run before us, knowing that they were able in their own infallible way, still able to finish the race well is important for us. I cannot tell you how many people I talk with in the church that are wrestling with particular sin issues or hardships, and they have believed they're the only one. If you ever, we'll talk to Chuck, but if you ever run a marathon, one of the things about a marathon is you're doing it in a huge group, right? And you're looking around, and there's varying skill levels. There's varying pe- people that are in varying states of fitness, and there are people dropping out. There are people barely making it, and you can kind of feel that energy as you're going. I'm not alone in this. Everybody's kind of struggling right now, trying to get to the finish line. And so we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us, that have experienced the same challenges we do, and yet they finished well. Therefore, since we're surrounded by these witnesses, let us, say it with me, throw off, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. The imagery here is essentially anything that is going to keep you from running the race well needs to be eliminated. Excess weight. Better be in shape. <laughs> the right clothes. If you're wearing the wrong clothes and you're running, you ever wonder why people run with very little clothes <laughs> in those races? Because it hinders them. Everything that hinders. Uh, years ago, my wife, Jessica, and I lived in the big island of Hawaii on the west side of the, of the island. And every September, there was a, a, an event, a massive sporting event worldwide called the Ironman Triathlon. And now these Ironman triathlons take place all over the world, but the world championship happened in Kona, Hawaii. Now, if you don't know about Ironman triathlon, it has three parts to it. First part is swimming just under two and a half miles. The second part is running a marathon. Sorry, the third part, the second part is is biking 112 miles. And then the third part is running a marathon. So swim two and a half miles, bike 112, run a marathon. And we would volunteer at these events and see these athletes from all over the world competing in this all-day event. And it, it's hard to describe. I had actually watched it on TV before. And I was like, this is so boring. <laughs> it's all day. But when you are there in person and you see these athletes that have trained for this moment and the energy and the effort they put in on this event, it is amazing. And so when Paul, or when the writer of Hebrews exhorts us to say, hey, put off anything that hinders you, the idea here is that we would be aware of our own sin of our own bad habits, of our own laziness, anything that keeps us from running the race, from walking out this life that God has called us to, any sin that hinders our progress in the faith. And oftentimes, if we've been in the church for a while, been walking with God for a while, we think of sin as like the big things, right? Oh, well, you know, I haven't committed adultery, or I haven't cheated, you know, people out of money. And then we make room for the small sins, But the the picture here is nothing that would keep you from fully engaging in the race should be present. And let us run 
with perseverance the race marked out before us. When I was younger, I used to think that life was like a sprint. I'm going to run real hard till Friday. I'm going to, I'm going to do my schoolwork. I'm going to do my chores. And then as soon as I get to Friday, ah, coasting. And we live in a, a quick results culture. And when the results don't come quick, many people just give up. Now this job isn't satisfying. This relationship isn't satisfying me. But the idea here is that life is a lot more like a marathon than a sprint. And every step that we take counts. One of my favorite passages is from Psalm 119, where it says, The word of God is like a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I pray this for people all the time. What is, think, think of it, if you were out in the dark and you had a lamp, like an old school like oil lamp. You're not going to be able to see really far down the path, are you? You're going to be able to see just enough to take the next step, and the next step, and the next step. But every step counts. Every step that we take in obedience to God, it grows our faith. This is how faith is built and how faith is, is grown. And so life is more like a marathon than a sprint. But here's, the, here's some good news Look at this passage. It says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. What does that make you think? There's a plan, isn't there? There's a lane that God has for you. There's a direction that he wants you to move in. In the passage that Jude just read, the Apostle Paul says, don't run around aimlessly beating the air like somebody who doesn't know where they're going. And so many people live in that kind of life, right? We're prisoners to the moment. Well, maybe I'll go this way now and I'll go this way then. Uh, things seem to be good, so I'll, I'll, I'll change my plan and I'll, I'll go over here for this quick fix. This thing that I think will satisfy me temporarily. But God has a, a lane for you. He has a, a, a path marked out for your life. And I cannot tell you how true this has been in my life. When there's moments where I'm like, man, God, I'm going to do things my way. I think there's a shortcut here. I'm going to take it. And it only leads to lostness. It only takes me out of God's will and sets me back. It doesn't move me forward. So God has a lane for you. And I think one of the, the biggest challenges for us to stay true, to obey, to obey God, is that we compare ourselves to others. We say, oh, I wish I was running that person's race. I wish I, I wish I wish I looked like them at this stage of my life. I should be. But that's, that comparison game only, again, takes us out of the lane that God has for us. We're to run with perseverance, trusting that obeying God, that staying in the lane he's called us to is the best place to be. The interesting thing about the Iron Man is the fastest Iron Man ever completed happened in just over seven hours. Just over seven hours. Again, two and a half miles of swimming, 112 miles of biking, a marathon, just over seven hours. The average time of a triathlete finishing the race is actually 12 and a half hours. 12 and a half hours. The longest possible time that you can finish a, a 
according to the rules, finish an Ironman triathlon is 17 hours. Imagine that. You were moving, competing, running for 17 hours. Now, I've been there. I've been there at the finish line at midnight, which is the absolute latest somebody can finish the Ironman triathlon. When the last person finishes the Ironman just before midnight and the roar of the crowd is louder than the first place finisher. Why? Because you made it. You made it. There are a lot of people who sprint in and out of our lives, but we need more faithful finishers. These are the people mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. Again, they weren't perfect, but they had faithful perseverance. We need less sound bites and more sound character. And this is what God calls us into. God has a life for you to live. And it's not random or aimless. It's intentional and purposeful, just like you are. God made you with intention and purpose. You're not an accident. And so there's only one way for you to know what God has marked out for you. There's only one way to know that. You have to know him. Verse 2 says, We run this race with perseverance, this, this lane marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So we don't just focus on the, the lane that we're running in, but we we have the end in mind. We have the one who ran before us, and his name is Jesus. And the, the reality is his life is hard, and it's full of challenges and sorrow and hardship. But we, as believers in Jesus, aren't ones who live without hope. You see, when, when our lives are focused on us, when our happiness is conditional based on what is happening in our lives, we will give up. We will get despairing and de de um, depressed and consider just ending the race altogether. But when we know that there is one that ran before us, that made us with intention and purpose, that has a, a, a direction and a path for us, then we can have hope. The Bible commentator Donald Hagner says this, this about Jesus. Jesus not only perfected faith, but also provided the perfect example of endurance. Because he looked beyond immediate, painful circumstances to the reward that was ahead. And the truth is, challenge and suffering are a key part of endurance. In fact, if it's not tough, you don't need endurance, do you? <laughs> it's all down here, downhill from here. Triathletes don't see the finish line until the very end, but they know it's there waiting for them. And all along the way, there are provisions that allow them to keep going. I was that guy on the side of the road with a little bit, piece of banana as they ran by. And what always surprised me is they weren't looking at me at all. <laughs> Snag that banana, keep, eat it as they kept going because they had... The end in mind, one step at a time. From San Francisco to Florida. And so as followers of faith, as followers of Christ, we run with 
a similar intention, with similar faith, knowing that there is an end and it is good. And it is Jesus that has laid out the path for us. We run a race that God created toward a life that he has promised. We run a race that God created toward a life that he has promised because he, Jesus, is the author, the pioneer, and the perfecter of our faith. Now, remember what I asked you to do at the very beginning of this is don't sink into individualism as you consider the illustration of the Christian life as a race. Because if you act like you are alone, if you live like you are alone, you will get tired and give up. But if you stay on the course that God has set for you, he will provide what you need so that you can keep going. But it's an it's a act of faith, isn't it? Is what God said really true? Are his ways really the best? Because I'm feeling something different right now. My desires are taking me in this direction. My ideas have different plans than God's ideas. Is it really true? Can he really be trusted? But I want to tell you, yes. If you stay on the course God has laid out for you, he will provide what you need so you can keep going. Keep your eyes set on Jesus For the joy set before him, Jesus, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I have to be honest, I hate running. Uh, Over the years, I've tried to run because I'm like, it's good for me, right? Like, I better do it. But running with no end in mind, running just for me, has never been very satisfying to me. I don't like to compete against myself. I love to play sports that have a ball and other people involved. But as I think about this illustration, I think about the legend of the first marathon. Maybe you've heard this before. It's not necessarily confirmed, but it's the legend of the very first marathon. Have you heard this before? In ancient Greece, there was a war happening, and there was a messenger that was to go from a place called Marathon in Greece to the city of Athens to give a a great report that a battle had been won about an important victory. And so he ran to deliver this message from Marathon to Athens, which is about 26 miles, the distance of our current marathon. And when he got there, he was able to deliver the message, and then he dropped dead. He hadn't trained for that moment. (laughs) This is why you're never supposed to just try and run a marathon, right? But I think about that. What what does it mean for us to, to run the race that God has called us to, knowing that our days are numbered, What are we delivering at the end? What's our sight set on? And so I just want to end with these three thoughts. Why this illustration? First of all, this illustration isn't about trying to finish first. It's just about trying to finish. Don't let anything keep you from finishing the race that God has called you to run. Throw off everything that would keep you from following 
God's will. So this isn't about trying to finish first. It's about trying to finish, just period. Number two, this isn't about winning a prize either. It's about enduring when times are tough. Consider him who endured such opposition so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Following Jesus isn't for wimps. It is not for the faint of heart. It's not for people that are kind of committed. You're either in or you're out. So again, it's not about winning a prize. It's about enduring when times are tough. And lastly, this isn't about you trying to manifest your own destiny. It's about you, about us, keeping our sights on the one that has been secured for us. That's what Jesus did. So we need to focus on Jesus, the truth of who he is. There's a song written by a a famous gospel singer named James Cleveland. I'll end with this. The song is called, I Don't Feel No Ways Tired. And he says this, I don't know about you tonight, but I've been running for Jesus for a long time. And there's something about walking with him, hallelujah. Every day gets sweeter than the day before. And for some reason, I don't mind the pitfalls. Because every time I get to one, he's right there. And this is the, the hook, the chorus. I don't feel no ways tired. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy, but I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. That's the life that we get to live, that kind of faith, that kind of trust. So as we consider the path that God has called us to live out, my hope is if you have been trying to forge your own path, walk your own way this morning, and you just keep getting tired, keep beating the air, as Paul said, with no aim, maybe to make some more money, (laughs) to get a nicer place, that you would consider Jesus, that you would know that he made you with intention and purpose, and so that means he has an intention and a purpose for you. Let's pray together. Father, just those, those lyrics, Lord God, from James Cleveland's song just resonate with me. Nobody told me the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Lord, this morning, I believe there's some people that have felt that. They felt abandoned by you. They felt confused by the hurt that they've experienced. They feel lost in their own decisions, Lord. Oh God, would would you today meet them where they're at? The author and perfecter of our faith. The one who started it and the one who finishes it. The one who ran before us. Jesus, you are good. Help us to set our sights on you in the midst of the challenges we face. Help us to see clearly the next step we are to take, Lord. 
And by your grace, we will say yes. In Jesus' name we pray. You've been listening to sermon audio from Sunset Community Church. Sunset Community Church is located in Renton, Washington. For more information, visit our website at sunsetcommunity.church.